At $200, a Super Nintendo setup costs twice as much as the old system. For the money, the company promises better pictures, sound, and adventure. Now you're playing with power, superpower. You're the king, I tell you! You're king! Only for Super NES. Listening to the SNES podcast with your host, Soul Blazer. Hello, everybody. This is uh, the Super NES podcast, episode number 194. Uh, I am Greg. He is Joe. Hello. We are your hosts on this podcast, as usual. And this time around, we're looking at a game that I wanted to cover for about a year or two now, actually, at this point, but. I uh, just never got around to putting it to putting like the rotation. So now, finally, like, taking a look at it, uh, we're looking at we're looking at one of the more obscure and definitely one of the most expensive games ever released in the Super NES, uh, Rendering Ranger R2, uh, which is a Japanese-only uh, um, uh, action slash shooter game. So, um, I like I said before, this game came up some point and when I was doing research and I passed it there with it. Research the past podcast for like you know like rare and or expensive uh, Super NES games. So, I mean, technically Super Famicom because uh, just because I said this game was released in Japan only, but I'm just saying Super Super NES just to make things like uniform and easier for everybody to understand. So, um, anyway, um, had you ever heard of this game, Joe? Before I mentioned wanting to do it on the podcast, absolutely not. <laughs> okay. But you usually like uh, shooters, like shooters, right? Well, yeah, like I mean, I'm a running gun guy, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so. Uh, when you uh, mentioned this game and I saw a quick video on it, I was like, oh, okay, this is up my alley. <laughs> yeah. So, like, since, like, so some background about this game for the, uh, um, uh, before we get into the story, because, but, because, because, because believe me, there actually is a story, a story of this one. Uh, there's actually, there's actually quite. Actually, like quite a bit of a story, like for this game. Uh, Rendering Ranger R2 was uh, developed by a guy named uh, uh, Manifest Trends, who's a very famous German programmer. Uh, he's got numerous games, um, uh, like numerous games, um, uh, Flanders Belt. He's probably best known uh, for having, he's probably best known like being the original creator, like of the Great Yana Sisters, uh, which was the which was the very uh, famous uh, Mario uh, Mario clone available mm -hmm. for computers uh, like in the late '80s, which everybody's probably played. Like I played it. You probably um, you played a game. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, like the series, but here's some point also, Joe. So um, he's also uh, uh, he's also the mastermind behind the Turrican series, um, which is another like you know famous shooter series. Turrican originally got started on the uh, uh, originally got started like on the Commodore 64, but. but but it's got ported into, into numerous other consoles. Probably most famous Genesis. Yeah, I'd say the Genesis version Turrican is probably the, it's probably probably one, it's probably one most people like are most like familiar with. So, um, although there was, um, although Sequel Super Turrican was posted uh, was ported to Super NES. Well, I'm sure we'll cover that game at some point too. But um, anyway, so um, so he worked for a company called Rainbow Arts, which was a German uh, developer from 1984. Um, they were quite known back in the 80s and 90s. Uh, the most of their most of their work was for computers. So, like, uh, um, you know, like if you were a console console only guy, like, you wouldn't have heard of them. 
um, but they made very numerous, like either like great original games or ports of games for systems for systems like for systems like the C thirty four, the Atari, the PC, um, etc. So uh, probably best known like the Earthworm Jim series, um, which was theirs. So. Um, and so, like, so eventually, like, eventually, Rainbow Arts was purchased by THQ in 1999, um, and that got merged like their uh, German operations. So, uh, so most of their games are still owned by THQ today. However, uh, back in January of this year, 2022, a company called Zikrid Interactive purchased more than 80 right uh, titles like like them, so they have the rights to them now, which will become relevant later on the podcast. So, just take a footnote, like in that acquisition, like the time being. But um, anyway, so the game was developed by Rainbow Arts. Um, he Mansford wanted to make a game that was very similar to Turk in some ways, but also expand upon it. Um, so he originally came up with an idea of trying to combine, um, and and really and really the easy way to describe this game would be like Turk meets Contra because mm. uh, half the game is like a typical side-scrolling um, action game where you're controlling a soldier. Um, you know, in a very like Contra-esque gameplay. The other half of the game, you're flying a ship uh, in a horizontal, uh, 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 horizontal stages. Uh, you know, aka Turrican or, or uh, like the Gradius series. So um, he was a big fan of Contra as well too. So he wanted to uh, kind of combine the genres. He was trying to work on a game called. Uh, they're called Targa, spelled T-A-R-G-A. Uh, originally designed for like hand-drawn gra- graphics. Um, and and he always had a Super NES in mind, uh, you know, like uh, um, you know, like the platform of choice, because by that point, the early '90s, the consoles had the consoles were taking off. They're taking off like even in Europe. Um, computers computers were always like more popular in, uh, in Europe than consoles, like for a long time, like for numerous reasons. Mm. Um, but by the early '90s, uh, the, uh, you know, system of Super NES started to you started, started to do very well, especially in Germany, which is a very big gaming. Uh, uh, a gaming market, so he like so he always had like the game in mind the Super NES. So after working on it, like after working on it like for a while though, um, he was inspired by Donkey Kong Country. Flame success that game had to change the graphics to pre-render graphics instead. So uh, so like the new idea. He also changed the um, he also he also changed it. He also uh, he also like changed the name of the game. I could not find this anywhere confirmed officially. But it sure seems to me that this name of the game now is a kind of an inside joke. Uh, <laughs> as far as the development cycle goes, because it's like rendering a ranger, you know, like rendering graphics, that kind of stuff. Right. So it does seem like an inside joke that's like, you know, one of those names that probably just like publishers like, okay, like whatever. So, <laughs> um, but so the game, however, spent several years in development. And by the time it finally was ready for release, like late, like, like late 1995, uh, they could not find a publisher. Um, a publisher, uh, you know, a publisher like for the game, unfortunately. So, um, I think the main reason for that just was that, you know, by that point, the 16 that the, you know, the 16 bit systems that the flavor started on their way out. Uh, we we covered this a bit before in past podcasts, but like in 90, late, late 95, like when the PlayStation came out, the Saturn came out, um, there were still many good 16, 16 bit games to come, that, that to come in 96, 97. But by that point, publishers publishers starting to realize that the 32-bit systems, the systems, that makes a big thing. Yeah. And even though the plan all along had been for Running Ranger R R2 to to like released worldwide, uh, the, the uh, Rainbow Arts had a very hard time finding publisher a publisher like for the game. They finally signed a deal with Virgin Interactive, 
uh, ironically enough, which is also a, uh, um, um, a European-only company, uh, to release the game, uh, but in Japan only, because Japan really has some very hardcore shooter fans there. So uh, Rainbow Arts figured that they, uh, I'm sorry, Virgin Interactive, uh, figured at least they could, you know, at least sell the game for profit their profit like in Japan because I don't know. Uh, side note: I don't know if you've seen some of those videos online, Joe, but the uh, the Japanese shooter, uh, um, uh, you, know, you know, the Japanese shooter YouTubers who are like really good at the games and whatnot are just insane. Yeah, yeah. They're on, you know, they're on a whole different level. So. You know, uh, you know, as you know, as popular shooters are here in, in the West, they're even, they're, you know, they're even more so like in Japan. Yeah, okay. So, um, I, I, uh, so uh, Virgin, like, so Virgin Interactive Entertainment, just real quick, was a branch of the, you know, the obviously the famous, the famous large uh, British multi, uh, multi company uh, label Virgin. Um, their their interactive branch was open for uh, so their interactive branch was open from 1983 until like 2006. Um, uh, shut it down. Uh, well, the well the UK branch was shut down after uh, shut down. The American branch got purchased by Electronic Arts actually. Hmm. So, um, but anyway, so like parts of them are still around today in like EA Pacific and Westwood Studios and uh, um, a couple of other companies. But yeah, Virgin 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 did publish, uh, but, but Virgin was primarily a publisher. They published a lot of games like in their label, like you. Know, I mean, like Virgil Command and Conquer was originally like a Virgin Directive release. Hmm. Uh, I feel electronic arts like uh, got the rich with us uh, later on. So anyway, but anyway, so versus like so finally, like finally, Virgin Interactive was like, okay, we'll take a chance, we'll take a chance on, on Japanese market to the market, at least the game over there. Um, but for a very, very, very small print run, definitely one of the smallest print runs that a console game has done, um, because they only printed ten thousand copies. So that's why this game is one of the most hard to find and therefore expensive games on the system because of that yeah. very small print run. So, um, the, uh, however, the um, however, the game so well and the game, um, the game reviewed pretty well uh, when it came out. Uh, the famous Japanese magazine uh, Famitsu gave it a score of twenty-two out of forty, which is like a little, you know, like a little bit above average, but still considering how you know considering how hard the Japanese. Uh, people can be on their games. Right. Uh, you know, you know, it seems like a fair review. So, um, so anyway, yeah. So uh, that's so like so unfortunate. Uh, you know, unfortunately, he he spent all this time and all these years working on working on this game, kind of like you know the you know the, you know the dream project of his life would always previous experience working on games like Turk and other stuff in the past had coming out too, and nobody and almost nobody, um, uh, like almost nobody. Uh, you got to see it or play it because of that, unfortunately. So spoiler, you know, that's about to change in August, and I'm sure you yes. were going to bring that up, but I want to bring it up yep. now before we uh, review the game. But uh, I am excited to see that this is coming to modern consoles, and it looks like that they're not doing anything to polish it up or really anything like that. It's going to be as it was on the Super Famicom, which is nice. Yes, yeah, so. Yeah, so just to follow up, let's play what Joe was saying. Uh, the company, so that company I mentioned before, uh, Ziggurat Interactive, uh, who bought the rights of many uh, uh, Rainbow Arts games, uh, they announced just last month, as of recording this, June uh, June twenty twenty two, that they're reporting the game to numerous to numerous systems, uh, 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 PC, Switch, PS four, and PS five, and they're going so far as to have limited run games, also with. Uh, uh, they also produce a limited uh, physical physical release of Super NES as well. Uh, I've not seen a release date uh, like this yet. Um, it looks like probably going to be like you later on this year. 
I'm double checking, but I swore I saw something about sometime in August. The initial press release did, the, yeah, the, yeah. The initial press release like did not give a release okay. date. It just said coming soon. So um, maybe it might be out as early as tomorrow. Um, yeah, um, next month in digital form because, like I said, because they said, yeah, because like you said, yeah, because uh, like you just said, Jill, they, they're not doing anything to enhance the game. It probably won't take them too long to get it like available for digital platforms. Yeah. So uh, possibly, possibly soon as next month. Yeah, I, I swore I saw it somewhere, but I'm not seeing it now. So maybe I just made up. I swore I saw something like August, but I could be wrong. But it's coming. Right. It's coming, people. That's all that matters. It, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So yeah. So I was yeah. I was very yeah. I was very pleasantly yeah. So I was, yeah. I, I was very pleasantly surprised to see that. And like you know, it also kind of you know it also kind of made up the fact that we had delayed doing this podcast for so long. I mean, it's like now we actually have some like positive news report about oh, it. Oh, so. here we go. Limited run games will be in charge of physical editions for the Switch. Oh, and apparently Limited Run is making also any SNES carts of this game as well. I said that already, yes. Um, <laughs> pre-orders open August 5th, so that's where I saw the date. Okay. So yeah. pre-orders start in Limited Run games August 5th, so I would assume if Limited Run is taking pre-orders based on the uh, Shredder's Revenge um, physical pre-order... Um, I'm going to say within a month of that August 5th release date. So I'm going to say probably September sometime, maybe even October. Sounds about right, yeah. yeah. So um, hard to say about pricing for this game. I probably would say probably maybe like you know, 15, 20 bucks probably uh, for uh, the four digitally. So uh, Digitally, I'm going to say it's going to be 19.99. Could be, yeah. but Makes sense. So anyway, uh, the game itself... Um, <laughs> As I already mentioned, uh, is uh, like it's a combination, like it's a combination side scrolling and also, um, you know, like side scrolling, uh, you know, like uh, side scrolling like with so soldier and also side scrolling with a uh, ship, you know, alternating back and forth between eight stages. Mm -hmm. uh, there are other games that do the split. There are other games that do, that do this like split gameplay. I just, I just can't think of any examples. Examples right, examples right now that you know off the top of my head. So, so not a great example, but kind of reminded me of like Blaster Master, where you have okay, your yeah, side scrolling, yeah. and then when you go into like the little dungeon area, it's kind of like that overhead. Um, so either way, I mean, there's been a ton of games that have mixed genres and whatnot. Um, and this this one does pretty well. It's also kind of similar to the Guardian Legend. Uh, the Guardian Legend has like uh, vertical scrolling ship stages, horizontal mm -hmm. ones, and the action parts of that game are, are top down, top down like like side view. Right. But you know, but but yeah, so yeah, that's the basic of the, the gameplay. Um, so uh, speaking about the gameplay, Joe, uh, do you want to talk about the gameplay uh, like beyond that a little bit, like how the game actually plays? <laughs> uh. Yeah, so you, you you got your your uh, side scrolling um, parts that are very contra esque. Um, yes, yeah. I did put in my notes that this remind, uh, reminded me of Turrican um, before I realized <laughs> why it would remind me a little mm -hmm. bit of Turrican. So there's that. That's a nice little uh, funny note. Um, very good reason for that. <laughs> yes. <right. laughs> uh, so you get a space la laser. Um, there's a weapon called uh, Gemini. You have a yellow pulse uh, kind of phaser sort of thing. And then you get bombs. Um, I mean, it's a straight... It's it's a shoot 'em up running gun. I, I hate saying shoot 'em up running gun because that uh, kind of covers both. <laughs> exactly <laughs> what this game is with both uh, game, games play styles. But 
Um, and that is what it is. Like you are constantly moving forward uh, to the right of the screen, and preferably you have the like the spread shot because it's the best one in the game, and you're just blowing everything up um, until you get to the end where they have these uh, <clears throat> pre-rendered graphic full motion video kind of things. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get into your ship and you get to your uh, side-scrolling uh, shoot 'em up There is not a point in the game where I felt it was too difficult. I felt it was pretty balanced for the most part. But there are times where the bosses are just super easy. And I mean, like, it's one of those, like, pick a corner and just keep firing. Um, or even in the beginning, there's like this, uh, like big ship that's kind of hovering over you and attacking you and whatnot. And it's like, just point up and shoot the middle section and just keep kind of moving left and right to avoid the bullets and the bombs. And, uh, it goes down pretty quick. And I wasn't expecting like super hard, difficult bosses, but at the same time, like as you get further in the game, you realize how easy some of these are like there's one with like there's a huge face and it's got guns and like at first it's kind of confusing as to how you're supposed to approach this boss um in reality it's like you shoot out his teeth and he has a big laser that comes out of his mouth and you got to just keep like shooting into his mouth that way and then like as you take off pieces of the face it eventually gets weaker and weaker and weaker um so yeah, like overall, I mean, I mean, I'm not gonna say it's forgettable, but it's kind of, you know, run of the mill, running gun, like this is like Contra 101 almost, and it's kind of <laughs> got um, what's it, it's Gradius, right? Gradius is the one where like when you're shooting the ships, you can get the upgrades and that mm -hmm. like, moves yeah, on yeah. the meter on the bottom. Yeah, so that that's what this reminded me of. It was Gradius for the shooters, and it was Contra for the running gun. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just uh, not what I was expecting. I I was thinking this was going to be a much more unique experience. And uh, I don't know. Like I said, it was kind of run-of-the-mill, in all honesty. What about you, Greg? So, I like the game a bit more than you did, I guess, but I do agree with like, a lot of what you said. There's, there's not really anything in here, with a few exceptions, which we could talk about here a little bit. There's not really, there's not really too much here in this game that's really original, because I have the original, because like I said, the programmer, the programmer is using, the programmer uses experience, like the Turrican series, whatever, to make this game. He's going with the old, if it ain't broke, don't fix it idea. So like, you know, it's just a very, you know, there's nothing very like unique about this game, in many ways but you know the game itself i think is still like very solidly put together like a very solid it's still like very like fun like fun playable game mm -hmm. so um did you actually like beat this game i did not okay so i did and let me comment on like the difficulty the, the difficulty of this game yes does start off like very very easy at first um however it does ramp up quite a bit as you like, go through the game and by time reach and by time reach like stage seven it is brutal the, the, um, you know, the game goes up, you know, the game has a huge difficulty spike in stage seven. Okay. Yeah. And then it's, I want to say it was like stage five where I was just like, you know what? I'm kind of done. Uh, it's not like, yeah, it's not like I didn't want to finish it. It's just like I said, it was like kind of run of the mill and it wasn't like it did, just didn't grab me and bring me in like I thought it would. Yeah. 
So yeah, so like stage seven is where the game really starts to get difficult, um, and then you have a boss rush in stage eight, oh, geez, okay. which, is, <laughs> which is almost insane. So uh, the difficulty of this game is very unbound. It's one of the definitely things I definitely had the biggest problem the, the, the problem with because the game starts off too easy and ends too difficult. Yeah. You know, there's no you know you know there's not very much sweet spot the difficulty here uh, in this. Um, Having said that, however, this game does have some things going forward. I think uh, the weapons, the weapons, the weapons are pretty good mix. You know, mm -hmm. um, you know, you know, weapons are nice. Uh, nothing wrong with them. You know, there are some like uh, um, there are some there are some like nice weapons that you can get. Um, you're basically controlling render like rendering Rager, who's special for for special force soldier defending Earth against aliens. You know, you know, you know, rinse repeat. You've heard this. You've heard this. You've heard this plotline before. However, the laser guns that this game does give you are pretty good. Um, it's also um, it's also uh, 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 this game's also not this game's also not a one. Uh, like a one-hit death, like Gradius right, and Contra right. is. Uh, you're like you're gonna take five hits before five hits before you get killed. So, um, so like that also helps some. Uh, also, you're able to choose the get uh, the options the options screen before you start the game how many lives you want, and you can have any. Uh, um, you can start anywhere from like three to seven lives to start off with. Yeah, I was going to um, mention that. Um, I totally forgot about that. And also, I completely because I did write that in my notes. And the other thing I uh, grazed over that I wanted to mention was you can change the color of your guy and the color of your guy also coincides with the color of your ship so that's pretty cool yeah i like customization yeah, nice in the game so, yeah, especially yeah. an yeah. early game like this uh, uh offsetting all that however like, offsetting uh, offsetting that uh, however like the fact this game is no um like the fact this game is no continues well right so um i mean there is a code you can use um you know that eventually the next stage right which we're talking about here, um, like at the end, but there's, um, you know, which, which is basically stage select, just a stage select, just more like a, a complicated stage yeah. select. You just like do it over and over and over again. If you want to get to the, end of the game, but uh, yeah. So if you're playing the game for the first time, definitely taking seven lives is definitely recommended to you because to be this game, this be this game, this requires some practice to get to to uh, to a quote get get good right. at. Um, the average that that said, the average play through the average play through this game like online is somewhere between an hour to an hour and fifteen uh, fifteen minutes. You know, like typical you know typical length. Uh, you like for shooter yeah. game. So um, the controls also the, the, the um, you know the controls also I thought were um, uh, um, I felt I felt like I was like worked well, uh, Joe. I'm not sure if you felt the same way. Yeah, but, well you know, that's why I said it's kind of you know run of the mill, and I didn't really focus too much on the controls because the controls are what you'd expect. Yeah. Um, I don't think yeah, they work. You know what I mean? There's there was no point where I died and I was like, oh, the controls total crap like this this is not my fault it was totally my fault yeah. every time i died yeah it was my fault like you know it, right. if you die in this game it's something that you can prevent in the future with future playthroughs yeah yeah there's also um you know you also have a lot of customization like this game also which is very nice which is also something i think that kind of elevates this a little bit above most of your typical shooters mm. um you are able to aim diagonally without moving which yes. is nice uh, by using shorter buttons, um, the four weapons you can get in this game like are all upgradable. They all have their all like, unique special attack, mm -hmm. and you can all swap them out on the fly. So, uh, like, it's a very good way. Of, like this game, like this game is, like this game is very good in letting you uh, find your own playing style uh, as it yeah. was. And that was another thing uh, I put in my yeah. notes too: is power ups are key. Yeah. and that's that's the, yeah. never been truer. <laughs> 
So if you get killed, you only, um, you know, only the weapons you're using at the time uh, gets reduced to level right. one. Your other weapons that you have in storage are still are storage without them, which is nice because it because this game doesn't depower you as much like Gradius does, for yes. example. So, um, so, so, so there's a nice thing about it. So, um, so yeah, it's like you know, I agree with you, Joe. The fact that this game is not really like amazing, but there are enough things this game brings to the table. I think all those things, like all those things that I just talked about, that kind of you know, that kind of make it a you know, that kind of you know, kind of set it a little bit above and a little bit beyond the other shooters of this time period. I think, but um, you know, I think mostly because this game was so late '95, right. the programmer was able to use it to utilize his own experience, the experience of other games that come out before this, to basically say, okay, what worked, what didn't, right. and kind of bring about the best things to the table. Yeah, and, uh, and to be honest, I mean, what makes this game the complete package is what we'll probably talk about next. But it's like the graphics; it's what it does visually. The graphics, yes. The visual presentation. And the sound presentation in this game is really what kind of wraps it up and makes it a complete package. Well, well, let's go into those graphics and sound effects <laughs> then, because um, they, because, that, so, because those are easily the best things this game's like to be like. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I'm so. I'm just gonna say a few things, and then I'll I'll let you uh, have your moment, Greg. But uh, like, I really kind of like the fact that it's kind of a darker tone. Um, it's not, not the typical color palette you would see on a Super Nintendo. So that was kind of nice. Um, I think the pre-rendered graphics not only look good then, but I think they still look good. Um, and also, um, the sound marries everything together. Um, I think mm -hmm. if yeah. the soundtrack is good, um, the sound effects are perfect for whatever weapon it is, um, it just really marries everything together very nicely and you know i say you know it's a run-of-the-mill game and you know it kind of is but the graphics put it over the edge make it a little bit more above average than an average shooter um and as far as uh yeah this is just one of those games like you have to play it like this is definitely a recommendation i'm gonna throw that out there right now <laughs> <laughs> You changing your mind in the game like you're doing the podcast? No, because like I, I don't absolutely, you know, I don't hate it. Um, and like I said, you know, I, I enjoyed the time I had with it, and I definitely recommend it. Um, it's just not like so when this is re released for the Switch and PS5, PS4, whatever. Um, I will probably pick this up digitally, but mm -hmm. yeah. it's not something I'm going out and buying day one. I'm going to wait for a yeah. sale. Um, that being said, if I was a collector, I most certainly would not be picking this game up. <laughs> but we'll eventually get to that. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Joe definitely hit the highlights here about the graphics. Um, screenshots, screen, screenshots, like, do not do screenshots just, just like, do not play this game justice. No, you really need to see this all. game in action to really, to really be able to take it in because, um, the game was delayed to its detriment because the, the detriment because the switch from hand drawn to like hand drawn to CG graphics, right. uh, which you can argue whether or not that should have been done because because I'm sure the because I'm sure the game would have looked very gorgeous with hand drawn graphics anyway as it was. Right. But, 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 but having said that, um, 
this might be the most visually visually attractive game on the system bar none. Yeah. Uh, these are you know you know these are very gorgeous graphics. These are, these are graphics so good that they're so good that when it came out at the time 1995, some people you know some people um, you know commented you know, commented the game looked like a uh, PlayStation or Saturn release right. because the graphics. <laughs> You know, like the graphics that were that mm -hmm. good. So, and like you know, you know, like Joe said, they still hold up very well today. Um, you know, that said, there is also, um, it's oh, uh, before I get to that, um, it, um, uh, like it definitely is a programming. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. A, yeah, it definitely is a masterpiece of programming here too, because like this is only sixteen, you know, sixteen meg uh, cart. Yeah. It's not like you know, you know, this is not like a huge size cart. So. For the game to run as smoothly as it does, without any slowdown, without any flicker, looking this gorgeous, with all these, like all these like sprites and graphics and graphics and enemies on screen, there's one part that's like a massive like, well, it's like it's basically a TAT. I, yeah. I, you know, you know, then you know they're calling it they're calling it that, but that's yeah, what it yeah. is. But to have a to have a, to have a boss that size moving around the moving around on the on the on, 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 on like a Super NES card so smoothly is just like nothing. You're nothing short of jaw dropping. Yeah, of jaw dropping. Absolutely. Um, having said that, there is there's there there is a trade off to this. There's so much going on in this game that it can be very hard to take in the fine details yeah. if you're playing the game, and it can also be like, uh, um, you know, if your eyes also wander over like wander over the wrong the um you know the wrong spot of the screen sometimes, the effect can be either um, the effect um, uh, the effect can be distracting. Or possibly even make you make it, or possibly depending upon how sensitive you are, you know, make you cross-eyed because, <laughs> uh, because, because there's like so much stuff going on here. It's like they're pushing the system so hard they may have overpushed it like in some ways. Yeah. Uh, because some of these graphics, while they're you know while they're gorgeous and very um and great to look at, um, it's very hard to take in the fine detail and appreciate and appreciate just how beautiful and gorgeous that these graphics are unless you're actually like watching a video and pausing every now and then to, uh, to, to, to take a look at things like yep. or whatnot. So, uh, like in the heat of action, in the heat of gameplay, you're going to miss most of this fine detail, which is unfortunate because, you know, because like this game really needs to be seen to be, uh, you know, seen either in action or in a video uh, like to be believed. Yeah. Agreed. So, yeah. Great graphics. There's a trade-off to it, though. Like, unfortunately, but you know, the sprite work, however, is also like very worth mentioning again, uh, like its own, because it's like this is like stock Super NES hardware, <laughs> stock cart, six, you know, 16 meg cart, and they made this work. Mm -hmm. it, like, it's amazing. It's like you know, like there's no way, you know, you know, there's no way people who got who got the system four years earlier when it, when it came out in North America, like, you know, like would have like believed this. Yes, you're but, absolutely right. So. Um, the sound effects, like Joe said, are also great. They also work with it. Uh, music, um, you know, the music in this game is also very good. Uh, it's not an amazing soundtrack. It's not quite as good as uh, you know, a soundtrack of uh, a soundtrack, like say, like you know, Contra or Gradius. But you know, it is a very good soundtrack. A soundtrack that fits the action uh, very well and uh, very well and just merges very merges very very, very seamlessly, like the sound effects, like the uh, you know, and the you know, and the on-screen action that's going on. Um, you know. The, you know the time to play it, so you know, like kudos to it for like that, uh, like as well. Um, so that's most of the gameplay here about this game. Uh, like I said before, um, you know, the game did review very well, like the game reviewed pretty well when it came out. Um, you know, like and you know, even like modern, you know, like more modern reviews have also like been like pretty favorable about it. Um, you know, like Nintendo, uh, the, uh, the online site, like Nintendo Life gave it like a nine out of 10, for example, uh, the, the, 
Flight of the Cup game like a few years mm. ago. Um, and yeah, so, uh, you know, for the most part, I agree with Joe. I think I like this game a bit more than Joe did, but, you know, this is not... This you know you know this is not an amazing uh, groundbreaking game uh, um, you know on the system as like you know Gradius or Contra is um, you know in fact like in fact I go as far as to say that Gradius that uh, that uh, um, I mean that Gradius three and Contra three are, are probably you're probably better than this one as far as, far as gameplay goes yeah. um, you know that said it is still a very good game anybody who's a shooter fan definitely needs to check this out because like you know this is very you know, because it was only released in Japan on such a limited run, this game, you know, this game got ignored and missed out by a lot of people like over the years. And I am glad this game is being released later on this year, like for a more wider market, because I think people are going to be very pleasantly, you know, pleasantly surprised by this. But like you know, the the, the, like the game, you know, like I said, the gameplay's not, the, like I said, the gameplay's not amazing, but it's solid. And when people see this game that came out in 1995 with graphics like this, they're going to be like blown away because it's like this is really like a more hidden gem in the system that, that you know, the system as far as you know. As far as uh, uh, um, as far as that goes, so um, you know, I would prefer the gameplay to be a bit more, I uh, um, like you know, like varied. You know, don't get me wrong, mixing 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 the side scrolling uh, running gun parts with the side scrolling uh, ship parts was great. You know, um, you know, like I wish more games did that, but. Um, and there was a lot of fun variety with like the, the weapon angles, the weapons, and then when the weapons and whatnot. But you know, there wasn't the gameplay while saw didn't really bring anything like new to the table. But then again, did it have to bring anything like new to the table because because the main people because again, the biggest thing people are going to be looking at for like this, you know, is going to be the you know the graphics. So um, they really the only complaint, really the biggest complaint I have about this game, like is the uh, the like the very unbalanced difficulty. The game the game starts off way too easy and it's way too hard at the end. So it's just, so the difficulty could be balanced uh, um, a bit more, like even like more challenging, you know, and or quote unquote fair. Um, I, uh, you know, this game would rank a little bit higher for me. You know, that said, you know, it's a very solid game. Um, it's not great, but it's a very solid game for sure. It's definitely like well worth playing, especially if you're a fa- you know, especially like you're a shooter fan. Um, like you know, like uh, you know, the shooter fans out there definitely who've not played this game definitely need to get like get this a look. So, um, and if you don't want to wait for the game to come out in digital and digital release, you re- release release. There are some ways you play it. Um, you know, there are some ways they can play it for cheaper than what's going for like right now. Um, you know, um, as far as I, you know, as far as that yep, goes, emulation is so. still free. <laughs> yep, and emulation and those repo yep. cards, which are not that badly priced. So, uh, um, so, uh, so like we'll get into that here, the um, in just a moment. So, before we move on to so, like we move, like before we move on to uh, get to game codes and eBay, there, Joe. Anything else? Um, anything else you want? Um, do anything else you want to like plug like this game? No, I I think I've pretty much said my piece, and like I said, you know, you should check this game out. It is a marvel of engineering as far as Super Nintendo is concerned. Like I said, uh, it's like still holds up visually. Um, the gameplay is, you know, it's. I agree, it's not balanced the way it should be, but also like you know, if you want to experience this game, just play the first two levels. You're going to experience your typical running gun and it's going to be a little bit breezy and then you get in your ship and you get to experience that. And then if you want more, then proceed forward and good luck to you. Um, Mm -hmm. But by then you should already know. You should know after those two levels whether this is the kind of game that you're going to play all the way through or you're not. Um, 
I wanted to really play through the entire thing, um, but I I started to get frustrated in the sixth level, and it sounds like if I had gone any yeah. further, I would have got even more frustrated. So I'm kind of glad where I stopped. That boss, <laughs> yeah, that boss rush in stage eight is one of the most brutal I've ever gone through. Period. Yeah, yeah. But so the unbound difficulty of this game is definitely the game's like your biggest flaw. Yeah, and and then that's you know part of my problem is that you know I went by you know my experience with the game and I should have probably watched a couple speed runs just so I could get an idea of what was after stage five <laughs> you know what I mean but uh you know it's, what I saw was good and I enjoyed it and you know what when this comes out maybe I'll finally be able to get past level five and get into the level mm. six seven and eight and get to enjoy it a bit more and maybe I'll feel different probably not but you know it's a possibility mm, yeah yeah Oh, um, yeah, so one of the last things that I wanted to, like, stress, um, you know, I think I met, so I think I made this clear earlier, but I just, the earlier, um, you were just from, like, drive home this point. Like I said, this game, this game was developed by a European company. The, the, the plan, the plan was for it to be released in Europe and in North America as well as Japan. So, the fact it was released only in Japan only was something that the developers were not counting upon, obviously, obviously, like, we spent, like, three years or whatever it took to develop this game. The full game's in English. Not, um, you know, you know, there's not one bit of Japanese like in this game. You know, even though it's released only in Japan, the entire game is in English. The the openings in English, the endings in English, all the text and screens in English. It's not in English. So when this gets released digitally, did later on this year, they don't even have to, yeah, like they don't even have to worry about that because the whole game's like. Um, you know, because the whole game doesn't have, li you know, a lick of Japanese in it. So, um, you know, like I said, this game was, you know, this game was developed and planned all along for a worldwide release. It's just a shame that it only got released in Japan. So, uh, because I think if the game come out here in North, in North America, even though it was late in the Super NES lifestyle, I, I guess, you know, you know, I, I think that, that I think the game would have sold reasonably well. I mean, I mean, there's a pretty good shooter, you know, there's a pretty, there's a pretty passionate shooter base fan, uh, um, shooter fan base try that again uh here in north america um you know the the, the game's so graphically stunning I, I, I you know i i you know i think that alone would have driven most of its sales yeah. so just unfortunately unfortunately the game was delayed for so long that by the time it was ready for release they couldn't find a publisher for I it think another thing that would have probably kicked this game's butt too is that this time you know playstation saturn was starting to come out and it was all about the mm -hmm. 3d yeah. graphics and when anybody yeah said anything about super nintendo or anything before that um people were like automatically turned off like that's not what's new that's not what the hot thing it's not virtual fighter it's not tekken um you know it's that sort of mentality that 3d was better and 3d was the future so forget everything else um i i think not only were there some good super nintendo games that were forgotten or not appreciated as much in this time period of you know, moving to 32 bit, but there was definitely some Genesis games as well that were just neglected big time. Yeah, and like also, yeah, yeah, and like also the fact that, you know, um, um, so another game this game also reminded me of that came out even later, um, like was Ian Hander. Yeah. Yep. That by Square Enix. Well, well, Square at the time, that by right, Square right. Enix, because. <laughs> Because that game is also a side-scrolling, a side-scrolling 2D yep. shooter game, but with with us, but the you know with you know, with us very gorgeous mm -hmm. graphics, um, and that game still reasonably well, but so it's like yeah, it's, it's a, yeah yeah, 
Yeah, go figure. You know, it's hard to explain these things up sometimes. Yeah. So also, um, like, go figure. Square Enix making shooter games. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was during their experimental time period. Like my friend, like you know, branch out and they branch out and expand the company beyond just you know beyond just like role playing. Yeah, games yeah. Oh, believe me, I'm not you know throwing period, so. shade. I mean. Yeah. Uh, what's it? What's it called? Egerts, the uh, King of the Ring, or yeah. whatever it is. Where it was like, yeah, it was a fighting game that they created and literally just threw Final Fantasy characters in there so that you know it would sell. Then you also had the Bouncer, uh, uh, yeah, Sword Two, yeah. which is also like a, a, a fighting game of sorts. Yep. So, so I mean, but, uh, the, you know, it's good to see when a company like that will take some chances, kind of branch out. Right. <laughs> so. Anyway, yeah, so hopefully the game will sell well when it comes out to re-release later on this year. Um, you know, like I said, as long as they don't, like, overprice the game, um, you know, I think the game probably should do, like, pretty well like, when yeah. it comes out. and you know what? Like, that's a big thing. Like, I think of this game, because I paid $20 for Panzer Dragoon, and uh, that was pretty... Ooh, I thought yeah. that was fair for the, for the game. If this comes out any more than that, I don't see me investing in it until it's on like a big sale. I heard Sega was re-releasing Panzer Dragoon, um, uh, a Panzer Dragoon like the Switch, yeah. uh, and it's actually really good. It, it wasn't at first. Does that? But once so, it got past, wait, so that include like both one and two, or are those games being sold? No, separately? so it only includes the first game. I'm hoping down okay, the line, uh, based on the sales of the first one, that we will get the second one, and. Uh, Saga, but the thing with Saga is that their source code is gone. Like that game is yes. completely gone. Yeah. So I would hope. Um, I know the original creator expressed that he would love to go back and recreate uh, Saga, um, which is fantastic. But also, like he he knows that the fan base is there and doesn't want to disappoint by deviating from what the original was. So we'll see. Yeah, speaking about like games, games unfortunately locked away in the system. Like you know, like you know, this game was locked away in the Super NES for the longest time. Panzer Grand Saga is lo- you're locked away in the Saturn. Right. Yeah, but, exactly. So, but, but anyway, well, yeah, yeah, well, 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 this game's well, this game at least like it seemed like late a day <laughs> right. time soon. So we'll have to like wait and see, I guess. But so anyway, stage select code I mentioned not uh, not stage select. Uh, that I know. You know, this just allows you to advance to the next stage and anytime you want to. Just pause the game, like then input the code L R L R B Y X A select B Y A X R L. Uh and now I'm like taking the next stage. And then um you know you know like you can like rinse and repeat this is the as obvious you want to go to the end of the game if you wish. So um Despite, um, so, uh, f- so this game, so, so this game obviously was hard to find on eBay. Uh, 13 copies of the game were, were, th- th- uh, um, uh, were currently listed as, 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 as the time of doing research. 10 copies had recently sold. Um, because of limited sales, I, uh, layout sales, I, I, I broadened, I broadened the search parameters this time around to go worldwide. I usually only do, like, North America, but, uh, because, but because I knew this game was so rare, and I was thinking for any possible sales, I expanded it to be worldwide, like, in this mm. case. So, most, so most of those sales are, re- are repo cards, as I already mentioned. Um... The pricing for the price of rainbow cards is not that bad, depending upon like who made it, where the world it's and where the world's being shipped from. Right. Um, you get your, so you can get your hands repo cart, and and these prices can go shipping for anywhere from uh, for anywhere from sixteen to sixteen to two fifty five dollars. Mm. So, 
there's lots of people who made up a, um, a repo box. Um, you want to sell you both the cart and a box for like $50. So, uh, you know, not bad pricing as far as that goes. So, I found one copy of this game at a recent store on eBay. <laughs> Um, of course it was CIB because like, you know, with rare games, you almost always see, uh, like, you almost always see these games like complete right. because people realize that, uh, you know, the values, the value of them. And it's a very, very good copy, uh, a very, very good, uh, um, you're very, very good, uh, uh, good, uh, good, it was a very good physical shape copy, um, that sold, um, you know, the box manual and cart were all like boxed, uh, well, I mean like plastic boxed yeah. to help you preserve the value, uh. Not great. It just like you know boxed, so you know just help you know, you just have to preserve the cost. Um, you know, considering how rare this game is, ten thousand copies, the price wasn't quite as bad as I expected to see it as. Um, do you have ballpark figures? What do you think the game um, you might have sold for, Joe? You having just like learned that? I'm gonna guess somewhere around the nine hundred dollar mark. You are exactly right. Nine hundred dollars. Wow. So. Yeah, so it is expensive, and it, de um, it definitely is one of the, you know, it definitely is one, of, um, it definitely is like one of the most rarest, uh, rarest games in the yeah. system. But I have seen Super NES games sell for higher prices. So, you know, for example, you know, for example, another very rare uh, Japanese-only Super NES game was a game called Magical Poppin, mm. which, it, which I looked at. Those, those examples sold for even uh, more money than this one did. So. Um, so yeah, expensive, but not like uh, expensive, but expensive, but not like uh, but not like, but not like crazy, 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 like you know, like you know, like I to see yeah. it at. So, but anyway, so um, uh, that's uh, that's Rendering Ranger R two for you, a game on the cover for a long time now, uh, a game you know, a game you know, I'm glad you know, a game that uh, um, a game that I'm glad we waited to cover because we you know. With the recent announcement, 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 fuck out the release of the game coming out to coming yeah. out shortly. So, um, yeah. So, um, you know, definitely, you know, definitely a very like you know solid shooter. That's you know is definitely uh, at least you know at least we're you know, you know you know at least we're checking out like the graphics and nothing else. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, just a uh, and uh, very glad this game is going to be like no longer no longer exiled to like the ten thousand <laughs> the ten thousand physical physical copies right. in Japan in nineteen ninety five. So. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm curious to see, you know, I'm curious to see if there's any other games that, uh, Zikaro's going to be putting out to the time to come since they, you know, since they bought the rights to so much of, like, Rainbow Arts yeah, catalog. Agreed. So, but, uh, anyway, so, um, yeah, that's, that's our game for you, uh, this time around. Next time around, uh, we're doing a follow-up to a previous podcast. <laughs> um, we covered, um... Uh, so we covered a uh, Mickey Mouse game for Super NES recently. The exact name is escaping me like right now. I mean, it's Ma it's Mickey Mouse uh, star in Magical Quest starring Mickey Mouse. Yeah, is what what we covered on the uh, Super Nintendo. And we mentioned probably we mentioned we were going to cover the, the two sequels to that game, uh, which are which are again Joe please. the Great Circus Mystery. And then locked in Japan, uh, Magical Quest Three. Not quite locked in Japan because there was a GBA port, but you know I'm sure we'll cover mm -hmm. that next yeah. week. 
yeah, so since those, since those two games are similar to similar to one another, um, and since you know, you know, and since they're gonna be, you know, and since they are gonna be sure to podcasts because because they use the same game engine and whatnot as the original game, uh, we said cover both. Uh, we said to cover both those games at the same yep. podcast. So stay tuned. Stay, stay tuned. Let us cover those games next time around uh, on Super NES podcast. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, feedback, etc., you can leave me a, uh, a post on our Facebook page, or you can also send me an email to the SNES podcast at yahoo.com. Joe, how can they reach you? You can reach me at J-O-E-S-U-X-3-0. That is on Twitter. And then you can also find me on my very public Facebook. Um, and I just want to say that, uh, you know, Technically, this is my two-year anniversary. So, uh, congratulations yes. me making it this long. This is the longest. Uh, yes, congratulations. Yeah, this has been you're the longest uh, interview. Uh, kind of, uh, you know, did you did you make it sort of thing? <laughs> interview. Uh, I'm not sure I've ever heard a podcast, uh, a game podcast, to describe that. It's, but okay, it's, it's been it's been <laughs> podcast by podcast. I, just, I was never officially hired. Okay, <laughs> that works. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it's been a great two years, uh, and I've covered so many great games here on the podcast. A couple that have made me frustrated, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I wanted to point out that it's—I could not believe that it's been two years. So I wanted to point that out because I—I I I really feel like you know it was just yesterday that we you know got together and we recorded that first uh, that first episode, which was. Um, Man, Yoshi's Cookie, I think it was. It was it was something obscure like that 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 we ended up covering. I don't know if it was the very first game, but it was definitely one of yeah. the earliest yeah. games that covered. So, um, so, you know, to go from Yoshi's Cookie to now we're uh, doing one of the rarest uh, Super Famicom games. Just saying, you know, we've covered a lot over the past two years. <laughs> Well, Yoshi. Well, well, Yoshi Cookie was the last was the last Nintendo published yeah, NES game, yeah. so it's like there's kind of a connection there too, yep. kind of. And most of all, of course, Greg. You know, it's been a pleasure doing this with you, and I look forward to many yes, more absolutely. years. <laughs> yep, uh, thank you. We have we have way too many games that we still have to cover. <laughs> yes, I agree totally. Thank you very much. I feel the same way about you. So you know, glad to like so uh, so so glad to have you here, and thank yeah, you for being absolutely. on the podcast with me. You know, appreciate it a lot. So. Thank you again, everybody, for giving us a few minutes of your day. Uh, Stay safe out there. Be well. We'll catch you again next time. Later. (laughs) Nintendo controls 80% of the video market. But no matter how you play the game or which game you play, things definitely have come a long way since Pac-Man. Now you're playing with power. Steampunk. Ah.